You know, I don't know if I fear death, but we'll talk about it. These tools are for you to use. These tools are for you to use. Welcome to This Is Your Afterlife, conversations with artists and activists about death and life. I'm Dave Marr. This is my show. I'm a comedian. I live in Chicago. Eight and a half, nine years ago, nine and a half years ago? No, to the 20, yeah, eight and a half years ago, I survived a month long coma. And I woke up with questions, some of which have turned into the questions that form the backbone of this show. My guest this week is Carl Bradley, member of the sketch group Cigarette Sandwich. You may remember if you've been with the show since the very beginning, my interview with Bill Stern, very close friend, another member of Cigarette Sandwich. There, that's the same group. They're in the same group. Carl also performs in the Armando show at IO on Thursdays at 8 p.m. He performs at The Annoyance on Wednesdays at 9.30 p.m. in Trigger Happy. He understudies the Second City main stage show right now. It's the Second City's 111th review. Don't quit your daydream. He said, the chances are you won't see him if you go see that show. But if you like Second City style sketch comedy, Carl recommends that show. So that's something to know if you would like to support this show in a way beyond just the listening, which is a huge and the single most important support. So thank you. But if you would like to go financial with your support, go to patreon.com slash Dave Marr, become an afterhead for $5 or for $15 a month, become a pigeon level patron and get your name read on the show. Those people are Susie Carroll, Fred Fidoa, Katie Llewellyn, Shuba Singh, Debo, John Lee, and Barry Fontenot. So thank you to them. You may have heard me talking on the show occasionally about developing this new, this third one-man show, brand new show for me. Plans are coming together for that, so please stay tuned. I hope to have an announcement in the next few weeks about uh, where that's going up. So, so stay tuned to this show, and I will. I'll let you know, or you know, follow me. The links are in the show notes for that. That's all I've got. Please enjoy this conversation with Carl Bradley. I grab your whip and take it back to Chi-Town. When I'm in Chi-Town, I treat it like... Paint your hell. Paint Custom my hell. Custom hell designed for you. Um, I was thinking about that because I knew these are some of the questions mm-hmm. that were going to come up. Uh, and for a while, I couldn't think of one. And then I was stuck in... Uh, it was street cleaning day today as I was driving... Uh, I had to I had to make a I had to move my car this morning because of street cleaning and mm-hmm. I could not find a spot. Uh, everyone else had already moved their car and I was lazy and I was like I'll just move it in the morning and I could not find a spot in like the four blocks. So it was like a twenty minutes of driving around. It's just me and a bunch of other cars slowly looking at every like half open like mm-hmm. the spots where people don't fully pull up and just being like how much right. of my car will be in front of the garage if I leave my car there like uh, for 25 minutes. So I think my own custom hell at this point would just be maybe Chicago traffic in general. Like I'm just in my car driving around traffic for all eternity uh, while it's simultaneously street cleaning day and construction happening. And 
my why is that so much worse than any sort of like physical torture or social torture or anything like that physical torture i think eventually i i think i'm okay with the idea that eventually my brain will stop processing physical torture interesting okay okay i like this argument (laughs) um social torture i think i think it's the inability to complete a pro like the inability to i guess one i'm out like one it's already torture for me to be in a car i hate driving in the city i hate driving in the city like i love country road driving love it highway driving love it but just like the taking 30 minutes to go two miles uh already heightens just my uh every every sort of like flight or fight reflex that's in me is in a car i'm also the person who like uh i've gotten better about it but like when i was younger just like the like the 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 isolated road rage where it's like i'm yelling at the person but only because i know they can't hear me and i don't really yeah, want yeah. them to hear me right right right. but i need to express this uh what i'm feeling mm-hmm. uh so i think i think it would be and maybe part of the hell is like uh i have somewhere to be okay um like a constant feeling of I have somewhere to be, but I just have to keep circling and I never find a parking spot and I just have to deal with traffic on the way. So Uh, even the idea of like, Oh, I'll listen to a podcast. I'll play an album or something while I'm searching for this spot. That doesn't lessen the pain. Would not soothe me. No, because like, uh, you, you, you listen to the podcast or the music while you're on your way to somewhere. And like, if I'm looking for the, the parking spot, I'm there. Like, it's past that time. It's like now it's just time to park and get out of the car. But mm, I have your to... brain is too activated looking for the spot. Yeah, I'm not even hearing the music at that time. I'm literally gotcha. like looking at every uh the distance between every car and then just like then getting subtly mad at cars that don't pull fully to the like Well, right. Line. At that point you're arguing with like space and time and fate and like <laughs> If only I could go back and ask them to pull forward four feet. Yes. Which yes. is just an impossible yeah. Yes. Uh yeah, that's the that's the real I think that's that's really the thing that's like uh the real aggravating thing is seeing how many how many spots it's like, you know, we could have fit like two or three more cars on the street if uh everyone just had kind of been logical when they were parking. Is oh okay, so it's a logic thing, it's not an inconsiderate thing that's a uh yeah my, or am i am i taking it am i trying to make it to am i therapizing it no i, I well i was like uh if the true therapy standard i was like well my first reaction to that is being illogical is being inconsiderate um i don't know okay. if i fully believe that i don't sure. know if i fully believe that like if i like process it and think it down. right right but right. that was the first thing i thought um, because, uh, especially with parking and par- I think parking is my nightmare, but it's just yeah. like, uh, you, you, you know, other people, the logic is other people are going to need to park here. And if you park 
in a way like if there's like a like say the no parking sign and you you pull up and you leave like half a car lengths between you and that no right. parking sign right even though you had like all the other space you know like logically that that's half a parking spot and i guess people are thinking about it so we could talk about logic but it's both inconsiderate it's both illogical it's just like uh it's just one of those things where we'd all have it'd be everyone would have a better time if you just thought for three more seconds and then just pulled up that four feet so what do you hope happens when you die what do i hope happens when i die um also, I'm going to have to, I think now both of these, are you, okay, I'll give my answer and then I'll give the thing I just thought about when I was given this answer. Uh, <laughs> okay. Because my, uh, is this the is this the heaven question? Like, what do I want a heaven to be or what do I actually that's think? The, that's the thing, man. It, 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 I, when I first started the podcast almost three years ago at this point, thought it was basically a heaven question. And then in the process of asking enough people discovered that it's also a litmus test for do you think about your own individual consciousness first or do you think about what you will be leaving behind and the people and the movements and the the world as it will be in your absence mm-hmm. and truly not that there's ultimately any judgment involved in either of those things it's easy to think that just because you think about your individual consciousness first you must be a more selfish person or something like that but it's a it's as you know that might be true but it might also just be as random as in this moment now i feel like i'm over explaining but it's really your choice no i appreciate that and i might it might if we have time allows give both answers but uh, but, because i do think I mean, I think more of what leads me to, because the first answer I have was like kind of like a, what would a, a, an ideal heaven be like? And I think that's, I, I don't, I don't, maybe it is some sort of reflection of my thinking about myself first, but I also think that's just how those questions are generally formulated. Like that's our, like, uh, I think that's like the cultural expectation of like, what happens when you die? Or like, what do you, what do you want to happen when you die would be like, right. what, you, what, what idea of your heaven? Um, but we live in a an individualistic society, so maybe it is saying something. To answer the question, uh, uh, my heaven, my version of a heaven uh, would be uh, just a, a a a. It would be like a, a own personal cafe, like a very comfortable chair, uh, mm. like uh, all the like all I can drink espresso, like a little espresso machine where I can make all my espresso and it fills it. Uh, repeatedly and then surrounded around me is uh every book that i bought or heard about or like talked about and i was like i'm gonna add that to my reading list and i never read it and that's just all laying around and i just have all the time to just read everything that i always that's been on my reading list forever wow yeah no people and that's the thing i thought i was like wow both my uh my heaven and my hell involve just me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was the second. That was the first thought you had. That was the first thought I had. It was as I started okay. to go into it, I was like, "Well, the, I'm the, okay with that, though." I mean, we it, can say it means something. We can say it doesn't mean something. Well, up, up for the listener or you to decide. I'll tell you what it means. I'll tell you why. I, all right, okay. I, uh, is uh, I don't like the idea of people being in. Well, 
the maybe it's the responsibility of being in someone else's afterlife or someone uh-huh. being in your afterlife. Um, I guess if maybe if we assume there's multiple, you can be in multiple afterlives at once because. But just the idea, like, uh, what was that, like, um, five people you meet after you die? That book, right, right, right. And then, like, w- one person's just like on a roller coaster waiting until this guy like <laughs> saunters up. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, well, what yeah. the fuck did that person do? That they're just kind of sure. stuck on a roller coaster until this person comes by. Uh, so, like, the idea of either if, uh, obligating someone else to be in my like afterlife heaven mm-hmm. version. Or, uh, and what version of them then gets to be in my afterlife heaven? Because they're like, sure. they've lived a whole life. And if I view them, uh, like say my mother, I've, I only knew her, uh, I've known her uh, through a certain age range, the 36 mm-hmm. years I've been alive. And she was a whole other person before that. Maybe she wants to, uh, be in the afterlife and like, uh, a young, her younger self. Sure. I don't totally. know. Uh, so it seems it seems like a, a a larger ask. It seems like a large ask to be like, "Hey, be in my heaven." Well, it's interesting because it it doesn't have this. You, you could say the same thing about reality. About like, oh well, why should I assume that anyone else would be in my world? But d- fringe philosophical considerations aside, there is a world and we're all in it so the way you're thinking about it from this dream logic sort of perspective maybe to me implies that you think the afterlife that what you think will happen as opposed to hope will happen is like is this is a completely hypothetical exercise yes yes okay okay because you're you're a dead over lights out no consciousness sort of believer Yes, as far as my conscious belief, uh, no consciousness after, no, no uh, other other realm existence. Um, but I will say I do believe uh, in the idea of like energy to say, to speak of, um, and uh, if we we are made of like carbon and uh, uh, other elements that get recycled into the earth i do think i sometimes wonder if like either deja vu or like a familiarity is like some Mm. a a collection of uh elements and atoms that had previously been uh around or in contact with each other coming in contact thousands or hundreds of millions of years later and like having a sense of familiarity with that i don't know if i believe in deja vu man I, you don't, you don't believe it happens? Not really, because I've never experienced it. And if other people who say they've had deja vu really have had deja vu, how do you get over that? How is that just a common thing that people are like, oh, yeah, I had deja vu that one time. How are you not like, what the fuck? Like, I believe that this is – that I've been here before and I don't have a mem- – like – that seems like it's a life alterer, and people don't treat it like it's a life alterer. Well, I mean, because you 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 can't like like uh. Well, but maybe you should. <laughs> it's like uh, I've definitely had deja vu before, uh, and when I was younger, I was like, uh, I had convinced myself I would have the thought 
I don't know how much I'm. Yeah, I don't a hundred percent believe everything I think. I think that's okay. Fair, okay, mostly. sure. But so, like, I w- remember having the thought sometimes. Deja vu was like, "Oh, that means the universe is telling me I'm on the right track," because it's like this is this is uh, I like it's like on some path that I'm supposed to be on, right? And, and it's like, oh, the familiarity means that like I'm doing the path right. I don't believe in path sure. so much sure, anymore. Sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, but to explain a deja vu. Uh, yeah, I don't. I, I think, I think what my process of thinking about deja vu when it happens is like it will be like I have. I feels feels like I've been here before. Feels like this experience has happened, but I know I've never been either. Like sometimes it's like a city I've never been in or a person. I was like, I just met this person, uh, right. so it's not possible. And it's just like, oh, that's that's just. Uh, I guess I just chalk it up to the brain, do it into brain stuff. That's, oh. I don't know about that, dude. Because oh. I've had the synchronicity thing of like, oh, you're thinking about something and then the right song comes on or the right license plate sure. drives by and that's like, you know, it affirms something. Yeah. But to really be like, whoa, I've been here before is like, how do you? I don't know, dude. I'm about to derail the whole no, the whole podcast just I've, to explore deja vu here. What, I mean, I brought it up because I do think I think one one option I lay open is that it's a uh, a familiarity of like uh, maybe atoms or elements or something. That yeah, yeah. No, I I understand that. But you also said that you don't necessarily think you're afraid of death. Yeah. So when we when we first started here, and so tell me about that. So the idea of losing consciousness, are you afraid of that or are you not? Um, I'm not. Uh, Brave. Be- <laughs> thank you, thank you. I'll take my award now and my <laughs> my uh, holiday. Um, no, it's a because the best the best I can I so. When I was a kid, I would spend... Oh, I was also an only child. So uh, a lot of this is like, I'm an only child to a single mother moving around a lot. So I had right. a lot of time of just like face-to-face with me. I uh, mean, that makes so much sense about <laughs> your books in Cafe Heaven. That sound, that's like totally a uh, platonic ideal of an only child heaven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seriously. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I remember thinking... I remember like spending nights just thinking like, what if the, like just what I would now call meditation, but like, just like thinking about like, what if the world wasn't here type of thoughts Mm -hmm. and just like, uh, I don't know, but just like meditating into a void. Um, that was comforting. So now when I think about death, I think about it more in terms of like, We we don't have a conscious experience without. I don't have. I have no experiences without like my my body being active. So I'm not going to feel anything about it. Like the feeling wise, I'm not going to know I'm dead. It's like uh, right. I I I would almost say we don't. I almost sometimes believe we don't really die in our own personal view like 
externally, I see, you could see someone, they die, and the world mm-hmm. goes on. But for us, it could be something more akin to, like, uh, you know, like the event horizon in a black hole where, like, someone's, like, falling away forever? Okay. You know, that idea? Uh, yeah, vaguely, yeah. It's like once you, once you're like within a certain area of the, a certain distance of the black hole because of all the density of its mass, the gravity is going to pull you in. But it's not like a a fall pull in. It's like if you were just from the outside because of how the light is, it just looks like someone's. It would look like someone's slowly right. fading away, but they never really fade. Jesus I, Christ, this is <laughs> scary as fuck. <laughs> This is so terrifying. To me. So. So no, 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 no. It's okay. That's I. I started the podcast. <laughs> I and I think that's. I think that's what. Uh, but you're I, saying you think bo- bodies get buried while consciousness is still doing the fucking event horizon thing? No, no, I mean to us. I think to. No, no. I think the body gets buried. The consciousness is gone. But in the feeling of it, like the the me, the agent that of that that fear. Yeah. I feel like it might just it's like it just like slowly fades and then it just it's just always fading at the end but but there but it's still there a little bit the fear Oh no, I'm talking about consciousness. That's what uh not the fear of it. Like the okay. consciousness of like feeling yourself fall into the black hole that is death. so i want to ask you to relive one memory do you know this prompt i don't think i've seen this prompt. okay so it's existed from the beginning so that definitely means that you uh haven't fully listened to an episode so that's fine um but i my the show the podcast is based on my previous one man show yeah. where you're every I tell the whole audience we're in the afterlife and in this afterlife you get to fully relive one memory like a room you can pop into and out of whenever you want that you're fully just re-experiencing it physically you know it it it's hella vivid and the rest of your memories don't get wiped but you do have to choose just one memory if that's the case which memory do you choose it well how 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 what's the what how, how what's the memory like uh can the memory the last a week yeah what's sure the, it can be is, it can be is, a week is there is there a, uh I, I, okay so uh there was a a year a day in or okay so in <laughs> a day a year a month there was a minute within this day within this year <laughs> in 2000 and nine uh in georgia there was a snowstorm uh and we probably only got like six seven inches of snow which for chicago that's like we like to barely even get the salt trucks going they're like whatever mm-hmm. everyone keeps shovel your shit keep going in georgia where they only have one and i don't even know if they had it then maybe at the time they had one snow plow for we had one snowplow in Atlanta, and we were in Athens, an hour and a half away. Oh my god! <laughs> we had no salt. Uh, seven inches meant, and no one knew how to drive in snow. Seven inches meant the world was Everything over. Shuts down. Everything yeah, shuts yeah. down. Power went out. 
Uh, I was living in a house with I had four roommates at this time, um, but we had we had good space, so it wasn't like we were super on top of each other. Uh, I was dating someone at the time. Power goes out, and I just remember. Uh, uh, I'm going to tell this non literally. So yeah, yeah. Uh, power goes out, um, and we it was out for a couple days. We had a good time hanging out for a couple days, and then immediately the next like. Five days later was spring break where we were all going on a cruise. So we were driving down and going on a cruise. So this whole like week stretch was kind of surreal going from this uh, snowstorm to end everything to us hanging out for a bunch of days straight. And we were just like smoking, listening to music, just talking uh, by like candlelight. I think the power outage probably lasted like a day or two. Uh, We tried to go to a Popeye's because I was like, the rumor was like, the Popeye's is open. So we were like, <laughs> s- like skidding down the street in my friend's pickup truck, which uh, yeah. was like one of the pickup trucks that didn't have weight in the, I mean, it didn't have weight in the back. So we were just like fishtailing along the road okay. and just being like, uh, this isn't a good idea, but he's yeah. the only one with like a truck that like had some lift on it. Um, and then we went to a cruise and the cruise was a, uh, I'm not a, I, I yeah I, I, I yeah the cruise was it was a cruise but it was a cruise with like like eight of my closest college friends and everything was like all you could drink and eat and there was a casino and we just like we uh, <laughs> my my friend gambled away <laughs> I've never seen my friend so uh, the the high high and low low he went from. Uh, <laughs> I just have a distinct memory of uh, him being like, I'm going to a toga party. And then he's like, where's this toga? And I have that in my mind. And then the next time we see him, he's at the casino and he's just lost like hundreds of dollars. And so he <laughs> okay. looks so sad. And we're like, oh, no, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. It's like you you like brought the money to gamble. Right? He was like, some of it is like, okay, well, you're going to be fine. Like, we'll just get off this to like two hours later, him drunk again, being like, uh, I met some woman at the casino and we're going to go hang out and him happy again uh, was just like this like uh, a roller coaster of images that I find fun to play back in my mind. Yeah. Uh, and we That definitely yeah. sounds like a more entertaining roller coaster to watch than to experience. Sure. Sure. Uh, well, there was two, two highs and one, one low. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I, I missed some parts of it, so I... Uh, sure, yeah. who knows what little bumps and loop-de-loops were yeah. in between. Or what really was the high. Right. Uh, yeah, I just remember it being... That was the... So that was like my senior year of college, and it was like probably the last time that group was together. Um, mm-hmm. how, big, how big was this group? Even till now. I would say... That main group was probably like seven, eight people. Okay. Six, seven, six, six to eight people. And you said this included your girlfriend? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, she went to high school with my roommates at the time, some of them. Um, okay. So it was like, a, yeah, it was a, yeah, so it was a, it was just a week of like a shot, a surreal week that was like, Taurus out of the 
day-to-day existence of being in college classes were canceled yeah you're like oh my god this snow's here like are we gonna die uh to like we're not gonna die we're now on our way to a a spring break cruise and how could you how could you <laughs> juxtapose those and not have a good time uh but yeah it's really it's really the last time i remember all of those yeah all that group hanging out together okay and it's not because something happened it was just general senior year of college after yeah. that drifting apart sort of stuff yeah everyone everyone moved uh yeah graduated moved to different directions mm-hmm. uh and i would see pieces of like sure see, sure see some people but like uh the all in oneness of that was uh yeah that was that was that time what was the organizing principle of this group of people? It, was it just having gone to high school together and then the friends those people had made at college? Or was it, I know you said in Athens, it's there's a lot of people in bands. Was there a, a band at the center of it or a couple of bands? Was it everybody like chess or uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, it was a... Uh, basically, f- f- the main connection was living together freshman year, like the randomly assigned housing. Mm. So we were on the same floor. Like two of those people were two of my roommates. Then were on the same floor as me. That's how I met them. They were from the same town, but from different high schools. Um, and then another friend that came in went to high school to one of them. Mm. Uh, like girlfriend at the time went to high school with one of them so and then her roommate went to high school with one of them or wait i i guess gotcha. that, that was like a little so it was like a, a lot of like uh uh a lot of proximity was the yeah, was the, yeah 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 like expanding geographical proximity yeah yeah um, okay but but the main like bonded was just being 18 years old and at college <laughs> sure in, totally in the freshman door play playing halo did it did coming back from the cruise like what do you remember an adjustment period or how any any sort of the settling back after i assume the power wasn't still out no and power- maybe the snow had melted but do you remember what it was like to come back to athens at that point uh, no because we didn't directly come back what we did was wait what did we do we well, I think part of it, now my memory is a little fuzzy. I said I had a good memory, and this was all too long ago. Uh, I think we, we did a double stop on this spring break to where not only did we do the cruise, we also stopped off in Savannah because one person was from Savannah. So we like spent like a day or two in Savannah, and that day there was a... Uh, a thunderstorm that was like an, an epic thunderstorm wow. where uh, again I think some power w- was knocked out in some places but it was just like uh, like one of those like like those I mean it was spring then but it was hot enough to be like that summer thunderstorm feeling yeah yeah uh, where it's like electric and hot and uh, uh, so we spent some time we spent a day or two in Savannah I'm pretty sure that was after the cruise. It might have been before the cruise, but my gut's saying it's after the cruise. And then we came back because then we there was kind of like someone stayed 
there for a little bit and we came back separately to the to mm. Athens. Okay. So it was like kind of like coming back and then getting ready for the second half of classes at that point. Yeah. Sure. Sure. So I don't um, I don't have a feel. I, it was just the snow was melted because it got hot and it wasn't going to last long. Yeah. And things just kind of like were normalized. Yeah. And another clarification thing I want about the blackout. So you weren't worried about food, I guess? <laughs> like, uh, I assume the refrigerator then goes out. There was yeah, yeah. no... And you just kind of described it as, like, a nice time. Yeah. I assume yeah. no one had insulin in the refrigerator. That's the thing I would be worrying about. But yes. is there... It was there was no other. I know you said like, "Are we gonna die?" Was there a specificity to that panic, or just a generalized like, "Oh, the power goes out. It feels like the apocalypse." We were twenty one to go to live forever. So okay, okay. Uh, I, if I had to be honest, there probably wasn't a lot of food in the refrigerator. Oh, okay, because okay. we were college students. That like our one of our go to moves was uh, there was this place called Stevie B's, which is like a pizza, uh, like one of those buffet pizza places, like uh, mm. CC's pizza. Yeah. Or, yeah. 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 And, uh, they had a deal where during the week they had a happy hour deal where you pay between the 3 PM and 5 PM. You pay what time you get there. So Whoa. we get there at 3 PM and we Amazing. pay $3 and then we sit there and like study and just hang out for six hours That's so we could get wild. as much pizza as we <laughs> yeah. want uh so uh and then there was like we were we were living off a lot of cheap pizza tuesdays papa john's would have a five dollar large pizza special <laughs> you get a large one <laughs> topping for five dollars you buy one that was your that was the meal for like the next two sure, or three days sure and there's a lot of food groups in pizza yeah. still thinking about food groups still thinking about vegetables you know pizza as a serving device for vegetables dave you're looking at this as a uh, a a a 30 plus year old <laughs> man sure. who is like y'all are missing some important things in your diet right right that right, right you need you're and like I, we're feeding ourselves we're getting what we need to survive yeah and I'm, I'm like you're right but we weren't thinking about that at the time but where did you go once the power was out i assume the power was out everywhere how'd you feed yourselves so so yeah so the power was limited to our neighborhood area. So that was part of like the, oh. remember I was like the Popeyes. We did try and drive to Popeyes. Yeah, we did make yeah. it to Popeyes. Yeah. So we, we went to Popeyes, stocked up on, we got a bunch of chicken and. You wanted, you just reminded, we did make a, so oh, our streets power was off, but somewhat, somehow, this was like I, this was like a uh, this area kind of like had recently been uh, they basically they basically made a little subdivision for college kids at this point where someone was mm -hmm. like I could make a killing if I just okay. uh, throw up a bunch of cheap houses like mm -hmm. these were like shoddily constructed houses right, that they could right. throw up in in very like very ugly colors but they're like college kids will pay to live here because it's close to campus and they were right so someone lived on the other side of the subdivision and they had power so i don't know how far the blackout reached okay okay because i do remember we did walk across for a little bit 
and then stayed somewhere with power for one night. The power gotcha. outage was probably at our place, maybe, maybe two days, maybe. Yeah. So it sounds like the power didn't go out as much as it kind of receded into the event horizon of the power <laughs> grid of Athens, Georgia. Yeah, exactly. We could still use the the uh, the residual juice as our consciousness faded. My last big question yeah. is what's your coma? And you're familiar with me having survived a coma. Yes. But you don't even need to be to know that the question is just about a big moment of transformation in your life. And it, but the moment itself doesn't have to be big. It can, it can be mundane, but just anything where before you felt like one version of yourself and after you felt like another. Yeah. My coma, I would say, was during my grad school year. So it was the first year I lived in Chicago. It was a, polar vortex winter that first like 2013 polar vortex mm-hmm. where people were like you could if you throw a hot boiling water it freezes before it hits the ground and i was like that's not a fun game i want to play <laughs> yeah yeah but i just remember i remember i did the first it would have been the first quarter of school at that point and i remember a moment i like i like went home back to georgia for christmas saw a bunch of my friends people who were still in athens like people i was missing i remember like I'd been like feeling sad for a bunch of different reasons here, and then going coming back here, and then just being like, "What the fuck? What the fuck am I doing? I I'm hating academia just as like as a principle. I am, and I, I made friends, had some good friends, had some good times, but uh, I think there was just like a yeah, just like oh, what am I doing? And then it was like supposed to be so cold and everything, and this it's it like snowed, um, and so I was just like. I'm going to take a walk. Then I remember walking. I lived in Hyde Park. Mm-hmm. And I remember on East East 51st Boulevard, not far from the Obamas, brag. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> then, uh, I remember just like walking to the lake. And I walked to the lake and I got, don't know how close I got to the lake because there was so much snow and ice that a certain part I was like, I don't know where the lake starts. Okay. So I'm just sure. going to stop here. And then I stood there and I just remember like looking out over like uh of over the snow and like just like the black above Lake Michigan at this night. Uh I one thought was like, oh like it's like uh I wonder what happened if I would keep walking type thing. And then I was like I remember thinking, Well, I don't I don't I don't want to do that. I feel like there's still stuff for me to do. Like I, there, I, I don't want to do that. I want there's something I want to do. There's unfinished business. I have unfinished business, and I remember thinking like, no, I, I have some stuff I want to do. I have unfinished business, and then just the thought of like, well, then why aren't you doing it? So I think that was kind of a day where I, I switched more to a mindset of like. Well, if there's something you want to do or try, you were—I uh, I think it was just like the real realization that this maybe it was the end of the good times era of like the uh, that was just the age of me stopping believing I was going to live forever, and all I needed was uh, 
unlimited pizza with one topping, whether it's a vegetable or not. Yeah, uh, it'd be just being like, uh, uh, yeah, it's like hey, you don't you don't have all the time in the world. You only have so much time. So if there's things you want to do, go go do those things. So I've been more like, uh, and it, it bites me in the ass, especially still now because I s- say yes to too many things because I want to do I want to do so many things. I wish I could be. I wish I could live like relive life as like a uh, at least two hundred different people. I wish reincarn I wish reincarnation mm. was real, but like <laughs> I want to live the parallel. Like I think it would just be fun to live as like like just to experience the same for all pre- for leaving out the philosophical arguments. Sure. The same world a hundred times. Right. But so in that moment, my my coma moment of looking to the abyss of Lake Michigan was, yeah, it's just kind of like the, yes, there's only so much time. So, so focusing on the things really just trying to focus on the things I like and focus on doing things. If there are things I want to do, trying to do them, um, which I think helps. I think people kind of consider me, I feel people consider me overall pretty positive. Like, um, like I don't, I don't get caught up on negative. I don't know about like negative thoughts, but like what like negative experiences or something negative that said or like, uh, I don't, I don't hate things a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as like outside of like, uh, homophobia, tra- like sure, uh, racism, sure. sex, the the big ones. But like as far as like someone's like, oh yeah, uh, the someone's people spending tens of thousands of dollars to go to taylor swift i'm like yeah cool yeah whatever i don't know it's not my thing uh because i really just want to focus on things i like and not give up the the limited energy i have to like things i just that don't really concern me yeah and so the impulse to say what if i kept going while looking at the lake was on some level a sort of at least suicidal adjacent impulse yeah consideration yeah like yeah uh yeah 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 it's like a question and what things after that night did you start doing did you jump into or stop doing it wasn't immediate so of course there was a couple of weeks of oh yeah it must have been january so there was a couple of weeks of like still just like the the resident vibes of that that night we'll say being overlaid on my day-to-day experience and then philip seymour hoffman died and i fucking remember that of mm. uh, that february because he was probably my favorite at least like top top three favorite actor at that time so he died I think so that was February. I think it was like February 4th or something. It's like the first week of February. Mm-hmm. And I remember that was where I was like, well, I don't really care about grad school. I'll just try to like try, try to get through this, but this isn't where my attention's going to be. So that's where I tried to start. I don't know. It was, I think that sent me on a, a moment of like, exploration of like trying to figure out i remember being sad around that for a little bit but then trying to figure out what i just just know when i needed to find that i hadn't figured it out yet and i needed to find a direction or start walking in in a direction 
I don't have specifics around that time. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, but it was just like... Uh, I mean, it's interesting that you point to an actor's death, though, as a formative part of that, when I assume that starting improv classes shortly after that was one of the things that you did. Yeah, yeah, I definitely consider improv as one of the things of like, oh, yeah, I want to I do that. Right. Um, and so that's an, you know, acting yeah. adjacent or under the umbrella of acting yeah. thing. But that was like, yeah, but that was like three years later. So in my mind, I was like, oh, okay. Not putting it <laughs> in, in that moment. Wow. And, really? It took it you that long to start improv classes? Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, then what did you even do? What stuff did you what stuff, what stuff did you change? You just quit grad school? What what stuff did you do? I started drinking more. No, I uh <laughs> Okay. What did I do? I think I immediately Oh, I signed up for frisbee. I started like I'd done frisbee before, but it was just like a bunch of like uh you just started going to random I guess I did, I did I did frisbee for a little bit. I did Ultimate frisbee? Yeah, ultimate frisbee. Okay. Uh, way too intense in Chicago. Way too intense. Okay. Okay. Uh, it's a sport, and they take it as a sport. And right. Athens, it's a sport where we, our team motto was to win the party. Okay. So it was just an openness to those sort of social experiences, that, or not just social, but but experiences that you hadn't considered before. Yeah, maybe maybe that's the best way to put it is that it was a uh a letting go of the ideals I had previously of who I was or was supposed to be. Which because was what? In my okay, cuz in my mind, even though even though I didn't even I didn't even like I didn't even love undergrad, I loved the ability to have time to read and think about books and literature uh and like then go into a class where people would like talk about it and be like oh and everyone cares about this and what those bit and how the how like it like i fucking love like my creative writing classes of like uh uh like all this metafictional stuff and i was like oh my god this like this this makes the world feel makes me feel better in the world uh, and so in my mind I was like, well, the only thing someone like that does later is go to grad school. Right. I'll get get some grad degree, get a PhD, uh, maybe teach. And uh, it's it's wild for me, like now looking back on that and thinking about the amount of people who go to grad school and the like, the lack of tenured, uh, sure, yeah, actual like positions there are, and how like uh, how. Uh, competitive that is for me to just be like yeah you know maybe i'll do this i'll start going this way that's sure. what i'm supposed to do sure is wild um but i think but that's i the- assume it's how a lot of people get into that as well same yeah 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 same that the, the delusion helps that's uh so a little bit of a little bit of delusion helps uh, but it sounds like you didn't want to actually earn a degree as much as you wanted to live in the heaven you described where you could read all the books you've ever meant to read. Spot on. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, do you you take 
do you take Blue Cross Blue Shield, Illinois? What? Should I go? Do you take Blue Cross Blue Shield, Illinois, as a, as my therapist? Oh, <laughs> I thought I was like, do I take it? I mean, I have it. That's that's my that's my plan as well. I'm on the silver plan, but um, uh, <laughs> um, that is well, okay. But interesting then that that's still your heaven when the coma took you to a different place, and, and it sounds like took you out of that cafe. And threw you into the world a little bit. Yeah. Again, I think that's a good description of... It threw me into the world. And I definitely defined myself as like... Uh, that. That's where that shift of who I am... Now, I used to say it's like... I used to say... So when people ask me where I'm from, for years, especially my initial years in Chicago, I would say Athens, Georgia. Uh, even though I'd only... Because I I lived there a good amount of time, mm-hmm. uh, and I would say the the me that you know was kind of forged there more than anywhere else, right? But then that person started uh, that person. And I know this identity is a uh, doesn't matter. We'll say that sort of person was dying. Uh, was is kind of like who 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 kind of disappeared post my coma moment yeah of like like now for the past uh the 10 years i've been in chicago uh i have been more in the world even whether it's working like a mm-hmm. an office job or like uh the people i know uh and i do i think that's changed me and also has like uh yeah and also like open eyes to like even things like like queerness was like uh uh knew i was queer in athens but just like really did do anything mm-hmm. uh and now being in the world and specifically being around like more like more queer folks it's easier to be open about being queer and having more queer experiences so yeah i was thrown from my my uh my armchair living into the world i like that at the end here you're just like randomly or or not randomly, casually <laughs> throwing out another huge piece of identity that frequently can be other people's coma experience <laughs> of, of realizing they're gay or trans or, or their coming out moment or something. And you're like, oh yeah, and then uh and and also that too. <laughs> the end is in the beginning, Dave. Thanks for listening. Go check out Carl in one of those shows, Armando, on Thursdays at I.O. at 8, Trigger Happy on Wednesdays at 9.30 at Annoyance. Whenever he's undersetting the Second City main stage, you're going to have to hope and pray. Go to patreon.com slash Marr to support the show financially. You'll get those full conversations. There's a much longer version of this conversation on the Patreon right now with Carl. So that is available for you. And until next week, remember... You are a mist. You can do them. Have faith. You are human. Only human. And human beings, they do.